baby. 200th ever episode of All Gear No Game. Didn't know, I didn't think we'd make it here. And we honestly should have got here a little bit quicker. Because yeah. Because <laughs> we haven't been filming a whole lot. I mean, 200 but, episodes in how much, two years or more? Like, when was our first ever? It was actually June. It was like June 2020. It was 2020. So we've been grinding for about three years now. Yeah, because June but, 2023. Yeah, but I would only count probably like two-ish years in terms of kind of doing these kind of podcasts because we were doing a bunch of Zoom ones at the beginning and kind of just popping them out. Oh, um, that's true. Especially yeah. the 49ers and stuff. But I mean, looking back, it's been one heck of a run. What if we, nothing's changed much in terms of viewership or <laughs> in anything i mean obviously there's are more people watching like clips yes, and stuff yeah but i mean there's multiple videos you've hit like thousands yeah which you just gotta really keep cool. grinding and sticking at it but it just to me i honestly don't really even give no it's too a much hobby. of a crap about that yeah. it's just a lot of fun for me to talk exactly. about stuff but this the numbers episode, don't matter to us no not at all but we could have had white chalk on there but um bianca didn't bring white chalk over so sorry for, i mean green <laughs> contrasts with yellow really well yeah we bought a pack of white chalk like how long ago would you say like seven months ago we bought chalk when we were at michael's yeah like months and months ago and he never got it from my house so it's at my house yeah because i'm not extremely (laughs) it doesn't matter bianca's got her sick barbie outfit because we're gonna be checking that movie out tonight yeah i'm wearing pink to represent barbie we'll be doing a barbie review after i have no idea how i convinced you to actually my mom was like how did you get him to go want to see that and i'm like i don't know i got him on a good day i guess i i i i feel like it could be one of those movies that might actually be good you never know because there's (laughs) funny people in it. if michael sarah's in it it could be pretty funny yeah, Depending I know. I how feel many like scenes he has. Yeah, that's true. I feel like there's just so many like big Hollywood actors in it that it it has to be somewhat decent. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I wasn't a Barbie fan gr- growing up though. I wasn't like a Barbie girl. Like never played with Barbies. Like I never watched the shows. Like picking up insects. Yeah, I like <laughs> bugs. <laughs> and Boom. I like what i saw the sickest action figure ever while i was in las vegas it was oh, steve yeah. Irwin, and he had a crocodile that is with him. sick and it, you could i think you could press buttons on him and it would actually be real life lines of tell him stuff what you thought said. about vegas rest in peace stevie um vegas i don't know if i want to work for the ufc you want to live there <laughs> might want to do a little bit of a remote ufc podcast from somewhere else other than the smoke-filled desert capital of the world <laughs> Because I looked in the mirror, it looked like I've been roasting out in a hot box for about 48 days when I was there for mm, two hours. Dude, so living there probably my ages eyes, you. I felt like a SpongeBob, like some type, you know, in SpongeBob when they like zoom in on him and it's like hyper realistic yeah, and it looks he's like, like he's crusty. He's and like, like crusted. <laughs> That's kind of what I felt like after the first day there. That's but, um, so funny. Also, you feel like a degenerate gambler when you're just sitting behind a roulette table for <laughs> hours on end. Also, you feel like you're um, a degenerate gambler. Yes, and yeah. It's well, at just, least if you were to live there, you wouldn't be gambling all the time. No, but I'd like be I mean, you never know. Actually, you could. But the strip, somehow get an addiction. Um, it's just crazy, you know. I've never been there. So. It's honestly, it's just an amazing place to be, and you don't need to be there for more than seventy-two hours. I don't <laughs> it's think it's an amazing place to be that you can. I was see there it for three days. days, and I felt like I was there for one long day. 
kind of you were there for five days monday I to friday i got there on the 11th and left on the 14th but you were there monday 12, to friday 13, 14 yeah but we didn't really do much the last day that's true you you left pretty early yeah but this episode dude gonna be fun but what did the ufc come out with kellen's dream ufc matchmaker sweepstakes i didn't really read the fine print on it at all and i've already made like two or three of them trying to use up as many emails as physically possible so maximize these chances of getting to meet dana white in the war room and dude if i'm telling you if i got this opportunity I already told my sister this. The itinerary that I would lay on the UFC brass with the fights that I could, that I think that they should make, it would be so unbelievably detailed. Like I would, they would just be like, bro, we're going to hire you on the spot as our little matchmaker (laughs) because I would have so many great fights. It would make them so much money. I would just come in with my little three hole paper binder and I would lay it on the table and be like, you read this shit, man. And you're going to want to hire me. But, because it's not just like, <laughs> oh, I want to see Colby versus Hamza. It's like actual fighters that like not a ton of people know about that you can, if you match them together, the fight's going to absolutely blow up and they're going to gain recognition and then you're going to have superstars on your hands, you know? Mm. So, um, mm. but I'm going to have Bianca make her own and then we're going to use her email and stuff because I think I've almost <laughs> tapped out on my emails. So, for the 200th episode, I'm making a match. Yeah, well, she's just going to build the card, and then hopefully she decides to use me as her plus one if she makes it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully. This is like, who would you bring? I'm like, obviously, I'm going to bring Bianca, dude. No, he doesn't want to bring me. He said he wouldn't bring me. So, for your main card, all right, we're going to get into this right now. We get to select athletes. It's kind of dumb because you don't get to do, like, interdivisional bouts. So, you, like, if I want Alexander Volkanovsky to fight Islam Makachev, I don't think you can really do that. I mean, we could hypothetically do it, but for this, we Should I use the whiteboard at all? If you, if you want to write it down, sure. Okay. Let's start from the bottom. Should we try to get, like, a female fight? Yeah. Um, and then... uh flyweight bantamweight featherweight like what what divisions do you want in there like what's a must that you would want um featherweight you want a featherweight fight okay we'll start off with a featherweight men's bout okay wow why is it all black search by name why is it black my oh it doesn't matter all right featherweight men's fight who's one of your favorite featherweights that we're looking at here we've got volkanovsky yair rodriguez max holloway brian ortega Ilya, josh emmett i mean there's just some absolute axe murderers in this division dude we could do a fight with all championships too if you wanted to oh that's sick Mm -hmm. um let's do well, Volk just fought. We could do random ass people too. Like there's Bryce Mitchell, Dan Ige, Edson Barboza, Alex Caceres. I kind of want to do Edson <laughs> do- Barboza. Edson? All right. Sounds good. Edson Barboza. Solid money pick, especially for an undercard. Veteran, amazing striker. Who would you want Edson Barboza to find, dude? This is, dude, Diego Lopez's Ilya. hair. Diego Lopez's hair joint. You want him to fight? You <laughs> you want Edson no. to fight Ilya Taporia? That, that would be an absolute massacre. Yeah, this is, but isn't be that Diego Lopez? Me. He's got to have the sickest hair in the UFC. Yeah, maybe back in twenty oh eight, two thousand eight. Yeah, Lucas Almeida, insane. 
How about it would be fun actually? Do you want to pick a guy and then I'll try to pick a guy to match yeah. him good? Yeah, let's do All that. Right, so you picked Edson Barboza. Who would be a fun matchup for Edson? All right, Edson's a. You know what? What? There's so many good guys at Featherweight, but I think Edson Barboza, match him up with a good striker. Let's go Luis Saldana, okay? okay. Luis Saldana, really good dynamic striker. We might see some spinning heel kicks. There might be, there's going to be a knockout here. Who knows? Okay, so we've got our featherweight bout down pat. Edson Barboza versus Luis Saldana. All right. Okay. Now, next one. Should we do... What weight class? You want to do a heavyweight? Sure. Okay, we'll do heavyweight men's. Well, I don't, there's not a heavyweight women. <laughs> Dude, they should. Dude, That'd be sick. What would be, the, what would be heavyweight women, though? Like 160 plus? I was going to say probably like 160. Yeah. Dude, I, I would love to see that. All right, we've got... Sergey Pavlovich. What, what was um, hmm. Ramsey? Hmm? The girl? What's her last? What's N- her name? Nunes? No, the one who like started in the UFC. Like she started. Oh, Ronda Rousey? Yeah, Rousey. What was she at? I think she was like bantamweight. 135? She was 135? Yeah, I think she's. I don't think she's. Yeah, she's not small. No, that is small. I thought she would have been. Bigger. I mean, that's like that's big for a um like that's like the light heavyweight version of women's, I guess, because one forty five is the biggest. Oh, I'm pretty sure she was bantamweight. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay, so the next one. Razor blades. Tom Aspinall is gonna be fighting this weekend. Ooh. I'm so excited for him to be back because he blew out his ACL against blades oh. or whatever. We got Alexander Volkov, biggest dude. Sergey Spivak, the polar bear. Gilton Almeida. All right. One of my favorite maulers in the division. Martin Tibera, who Asma will be squaring off against. Derek Lewis. Always fun. Yeah, I was going to say, I do like him. All right. Well, do- oh, wait, no. I like um, Ty. Oh, you want to do Ty? Ty? Yeah. All right. We got Ty Tuivas on. Yeah, yeah perfect. I like him. Okay. Who should Ty fight? Who would be a good stylistic matchup for Ty Tuivasa? Ah, God. Hmm. would be fun like i don't want anybody to take him down you know oh let's do let's do waldo cortez acosta that would be super duper fun actually yeah yeah let's do waldo cortez acosta versus uh ty ty that's that's a good one professional baseball player he threw like 90 miles an hour or something dang or yeah he was gonna play professional baseball all right now what should we have a girl fight nah yeah yeah <laughs> what division though let me let me see uh we've got women's flyweight which is stacked women's strawweight stacked women's bantamweight all right women's featherweight pretty not let's do maybe. flyweight mm, wow we got alexa grasso mexican champion manon fior okay beast mode aaron blanchfield really good tyler santos beast caitlin chukagian good uh macy barber young upcoming i mean she's been in the ufc for a bit but she's coming off a good dub viviane arujo amanda hibas casey o'neill good grappler tracy cortez dude there's some good ass fighters here corine silva um and also we have we have got juliana uh miller and we obviously have our girl Natalia Silva, who is pound for pound the greatest fighter in all of mixed martial arts. Well, let's do her. Okay, we got Natalia Silva. My 
honestly my probably one of my top five favorite fighters in the entire ufc right now really who would be a good matchup let's go mm. honestly natalia silva fucks up everybody in this division but for fun we'll do karina silva versus natalia silva because uh karina silva great grappler um really good like freaking physically imposing on the feet so it'd be a good stylistic match i mean it would be tough for natalia silva plus they have the same last name <laughs> brazil represent let's go uh, all right our co-main okay. event of the evening this let's do some championship stacked. fights bro. yeah yeah we have to you want to go welterweight sure or middleweight i want to do robert okay we got we got to get we got to get this is robert's bounce back yeah. fight after losing to drake yeah. okay who should robert come back against interesting matchups here you know hmm okay so who Paulo, do you see Paulo costa yeah is gonna be fighting homza chamayev newly announced at ufc 294 okay don't you think you'd be kind of fair winner of that is robert whitaker yeah so who do you see winning that who wins homza or paulo the most symmetrical face in the ufc i know <laughs> I kind of Dude, who do you think wins that? Cuz Paulo's Jack, but Hamzat got freak strength. Yeah. I want you to call it. I kind of think Hamzat wins. You think? I mean, I actually think Hamzat will win it. I think Hamzat can win. It's just it's hard to imagine like Hamzat being able to take Paulo Costa down on a consistent basis just because he's a freaking brick I know, ball. but I can see Paulo Costa getting tired like gassed fast whereas mm. like the hamza i feel like he literally will never crack no i know that guy will just go for rounds on rounds on yeah. rounds without stopping the problem with this stupid interface is uh, the fact that hamza is not in the middleweight division so we can't match uh, robert so hypothetically robert versus hamza would be fantastic yeah but so let's, let's give just it, we'll let's just go we'll, we'll go costa versus uh robert yeah because i don't yeah they haven't fought i'm pretty sure yeah no. yeah all right the main event of the evening what is main event. like what would be like like something that you would want to see like something crazy like it doesn't necessarily have to be on i'm not here. gonna lie like what would be the craziest fight you could make i want connor fighting connor <laughs> okay 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 let's go <laughs> it wouldn't be right without connor on this I thing know. honestly i didn't even think of that who would you want connor to take on at lightweight i mean shit <laughs> we've got so many good options we got chandler which I'm hoping but that get get announced at the end. Isn't of that it. obviously and isn't that an yeah. obvious? Yes, but who would be like a? F so like I don't want to do that one because that's obvious. Dude, honestly, Dan Hangman Hooker would be kind of fun after seeing his last performance he... versus Jalen Turner. But did you see, bro? He broke his arm and his freaking eye. Who? Dan Hooker, and he won. Like he almost got finished. You missed the fights. He she broke missed his arm, and he still won. Has he not had enough issues? Didn't he and literally yeah. have like? And a he like broke his skull, I think, or like his orbital, or some weird shit. Yeah, but he literally was like, Joe was like, "Bro, are you good?" And he's like, "Just, I just have a." He's like, uh, "He just said just a scratch," but he's an absolute beast. And he literally had a broken arm. Like his arm's broken. Like. I forget it was like oh. more down by his wrist, which hurts oh. even more probably when you're trying to punch. God, dude, honestly, Carl, Carler and Charles, oh shit, because Connor, uh, Charles and Islam, number two, 
Rematch. It's going to be happening. Same fight when Ka Paulo Costa fights Hamza. It's going to be fantastic. Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makachev. Number two sets it up perfectly because I released a video about the perfect ideal scenario of Alexander Volkanovsky's triple champ status. Mm -hmm. And the, the biggest part of that was Islam and Charles fighting. And there was tons of stuff like Islam wanted to fight Elian Edwards, maybe. Like, blah, blah, blah. And so that sets it up perfectly because Alexander wants that rematch. Um, versus Islam, but if Charles happens to win, that would also be an exciting fight. But yeah, so who should Connor fight, dude? Rafael Vaziv, fantastic striking. Armand Sarukin, scary ass motherfucker. Okay. Uh, money ass boy, money money boy Connor. Money ass, money ass. <laughs> Just go in the down highlight, Gaethje. Okay, we can go some rando. Give him the big red panty night. We got Kimwell Kirk, oh Patty Pimblet. Okay. <sighs> I feel like that would be kind of funny. Honestly, could you imagine you go to England or some shit? You sell that out would some suit. I mean, this card is actually kind of badass, honestly. But let's move uh, Taituibasa to probably mm -hmm. the third fight up. Yeah. All right. So UFC 1000 is going to be Conor McGregor versus Patty Pimplett headlining that shit, selling out some arena. Then we got Robert versus Paulo. Imagine if it's in Scotland or somewhere. In Ireland. Dublin, though. That'd be wild. That'd be crazy. <laughs> Connor and Dublin, Ireland. Then we got Ty versus Waldo Cortez. Natalia Silva versus Karina Silva. Edson Barboza versus Luis Saldana. I think it's a solid card, and we're going to absolutely, we're going to save and submit this sucker. Okay. And Dana White's going to see this and be like, who the heck did this? And we're going to be like, two legends did it. <laughs> Bianca <laughs> Legends. Yes, sir. Do Compton Castilla. Oh my god, she's always into this hyphenation stuff. It's my legal name. 2001, not 200. My bad, okay? I'm just <laughs> typing in an email. <laughs> I'm surprised you actually know this. Are you from the United States, right? Mexico, I don't know. Freaking <laughs> We submitted that shit. Let's go. All right, that Nuts. was fun. All right. Wow. People don't know exactly what they're getting into on this, but when you have a Connor on a card, it doesn't matter because it just sells Wait, out no matter what. So, Connor's from Ireland, but where is Patty from? England. Oh, why did I think he was British or well, Scottish? You're not, <laughs> you're not wrong. No. No. Well, he just talks. They have this Scouser yeah, accent. Yeah, looks like the. Like, like a. They always have like a fur ball coming out. All right, Bianca did her UFC sweepstakes. Let's freaking yes. go. Okay. When we're looking now, yeah, we're gonna how get far into are we on the itinerary. Schedule. All right, we go, we're gonna go into really quickly <laughs> just to get it over with. It would all have right. Potions in it. <laughs> Potion recipes. That's what you said last time. It looked like I was reading off a scroll. This is my secret UFC formula recipe book, like Mr. Krabs. <laughs> Um, the Aspinall, the England card, it's been, I feel like it's been so slept on and has absolute amazing fights, okay? okay. Uh, Javel Philhue, via Philho, to start it off. <laughs> like, he's a good fighter. Real? Like, Bruno Bazil's good. Really quickly, we gotta get into this. Just really quick, the guy to watch on this card, even though it is extremely stacked, I think the main guy to watch on here is Yanal Ashmoos lightweight division coming off that crazy dub over sam patterson in his uc debut i really think the uh 
is his next he, the red fox is his name the red fox yeah the red fox he's good man he's got the concrete in his fists he seems like he'd be tough to take down he also seems like he could change levels with relative ease like i remember watching this film on like he's he can take you down um he's just a really well-rounded fighter and i think he's just like another insane addition to the lightweight division and so i'm looking for him to get another finish over chris duncan but who knows chris duncan's tough but you know schmooze is the guy i was so high on him after his knockout it was crazy because it's he like knocked the dude out in midair like i think the sam patterson like kicked or something he caught the kick and then like sam was falling backwards and then he like cracked him and so like sam was falling unconscious to his like as he's like in midair which was crazy so that's it just goes to show how much really power you all has so i think that's the dude but kellen vieira is super good um another good fight is going to be mark jacasey for joel alvarez who know like mark jacasey if he's going to be gra- like super heavy with his grappling against joel it's going to be tough because joel just he he hasn't he's taken the right approach he got kind of the shit kicked out of him against armand sarukian has been out since then i'm pretty sure and I think that he's going to pose massive problems on the feet for Mark, but who knows? It could be a grappling fest, but I could see Joel Alvarez getting a finish here. Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts is coming back. Davy Grant versus Daniel Marcos is going to be a slugfest, I think. Lerone Mm. Murphy versus Josh Coulibau is going to be a speedy freaking strike fest. It's going to be wild. I love Jai Herbert. Jai Herbert's my man. Great boxing. Going to be fighting for OCM. Andre Mooney's is going to come back versus Paul Craig. Nathaniel Wood. I mean, future champion, honestly, after moving up for bantamweight, he's so good at featherweight, dude. Like, he's beat tough Charles Jordan and Charles Rosa, I'm pretty sure. And he just, I mean, I don't see, there's not a lot of holes in this man's game. You want to take him down? I don't know if you're going to do that. And then you want to stand with him and kickbox? Good luck. He's going to chop your leg out from under you, and he's going to pepper you on the feet. So it's going to be a tough fight for Andre Feely, but Andre Feely's an absolute dog, dude. I think he came out, he just beat uh, Bill Algio in his last time out. Um, yeah, he did. And he had a fight against Lucas Almeida that got canceled. But this is going to be money. Molly Meatball McCann should honestly have her way against Stoliarenko and then Tom Aspinall, bro. Mm. I mean, when we're talking threats to anybody at the that's currently at the top, including John Jones, I mean, Tom Aspinall, even though he might not have like... Leg- I mean, he obviously has power. But when it comes to just like speed and being an athletic every athletic everywhere dude like this dude's honestly he's got the skill set of Cyril gone but i think he's a be- he's obviously a better grappler so that's a scary test for anybody in the heavyweight division but it's gonna be an amazing card and it's been kind of slept on i feel like because mm-hmm. it's just like well we've been going from like vegas to the i mean i feel like it's just becoming so mainstream like whenever a fight would go to london i feel like it's a big deal but now it's just like i don't know i feel like there's just not a ton of like hype around it but yeah which i don't is know because kind of i feel like this would be like a car like a ton of people are looking yeah. for i mean i bet a ton of people are, are but, but just it's i feel like it's ufc just becoming so big that it's like not as a big of a deal which is kind of wild kind of especially sad, coming off international though. fight week because it's been crazy yeah but that's true our i just wanted to go through really quickly to end this thing because we got to get to the freaking barbie movie <laughs> but looking back i feel like we've had a ton of success stories in turn and like just tons of fun discoveries um, yeah, definitely. over the three years that we've been doing this all right so i'm gonna go through favorite discoveries while we've been doing the pod Ooh, okay all right i like this i think that we'll start at the bottom and it's most recent okay okay uh and we've been talking about it i think that the most recent discovery that we've lo- that i absolutely love 
um, is the two Argentinian prospects that we have been high on, and they just are coming off dubs. Rebovic just beat Camuela Kirk, and Francisco Prado just beat Otman Ozaitar. Uh, and so they proved me right because I made a video called Argentinian Takeover. And these two guys <laughs> have proved that they're absolute beasts. And I think after everybody seeing on uh, UFC, on the International Fight Week, everybody got to see the skill set of Esteban Rebovic and how he's a future star because he endured some adversity against a strong Camuela Kirk that's coming up from featherweight to lightweight. And he was holding him on his bet like he was fighting off submissions from Camuela. And Camuela was basically on his back for the whole first round. But then after that, Esteban shows his resilience, starts peppering the body. Um, I just love how he just like there's no any like there's nowhere safe with him like yeah dude like if you're just if you're showing up to protect your head your body's gonna get absolutely shaken up if you're just like I don't I don't know he just stuffs takedowns and he just he's never out of a fight no matter he could be down the first two rounds in the fight I just have faith that he's always gonna be pushing the pace throwing offense and he's just never down and out like it all it takes is one from him to connect on the chin and it changes the whole complexion of the fight so i'm just pumped for him that he got his first ufc dub it didn't come with that like it wasn't clean by any stretch of the imagination but that's just kind of he just tries to make dirty fights so that's amazing so the argentinians dude props to you all right <laughs> new discovery and i think they are representative of the future obviously francisco prado looked absolutely like a wrecker against Altman Ozitar, but he wants to be moving up to welterweight, which is going to be tough because when you get held down by uh, Jamie Malarkey in your UFC debut, even though he is 21, all right, he is 21. He's got time to grow into his frame, but when you get held down by a guy that's not necessarily known by his striking, mm-hmm. I mean, not necessarily known for his grappling, how is it going to be when you have to go fight guys like Colby Covington at welterweight? It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. To say the least, yeah. He has the skill set and he's super young and he has tons of time to grow, so yeah. The Argentinians, baby. My favorite, like, most recent and most... Discovery. Yeah, most recent discovery that I love. The next one. All right. The Brazilians that we found last year were absolutely... Well, I guess Amanda Lemos, we found her in 2021, all right? But the guys that we found last year, including Gilton Almeida, Natalia Silva, and Daniel Willicat Santos. I mean, shit, dude. Jonathan Almeida is on the precipice of a freaking UFC heavyweight title shot against whoever he's fighting next. I don't remember. Natalia Silva is pound for pound one of the... I mean, she's probably... When you watch her fight, you're like, this is why I like mixed martial arts. is because she's so good everywhere. She stays on her feet. Wants to press push the pace, dude. I mean, nothing that she throws is telegraphed. And mm-hmm. everything, she, you can just blink, like I've said. And she's already thrown like three or four, five strikes. And they've all connected flush on the chin and then all this like it's just not when you watch her fight against lower level competition it's not even close Mm -mm. and so like you have to get you've got a fast tracker i mean she's honestly i mean if there was a pound for pound rankings for everybody this girl would honestly be on my list amongst the men because she's so unbelievably good dude and then obviously we've got our boy daniel willie cat santos who has the same kind of skill set as natalia silva his fight against john castaneda was a coming out party for him because he faced so much adversity in that first round and he starts coming back like these shoot the box guys just have like their toughness is just unrivaled in the ufc bro but yeah, the Brazilians that we have found, Jalton Almeida, Natalia Silva, Daniel Willick, Kat Santos, and obviously Amanda Lemos with the freaking one-punch knockout power as a woman. Like, the way, if you can finish fights as a girl and you have that, you can put that fear into your opponent, it's a game changer because I feel like a lot of girls, they get into a, 
when they try to get like they're more comfortable to get into slugfest because they know they're not necessarily mm-hmm. gonna go out but when you fight these girls dude you're gonna have some serious trouble on your hands but yeah so the brazilians <laughs> and the argentinians okay the south americans next javid and farid basharad bro our bros from afghanistan via what london or whatever um i mean the snow leopard and his brother farid farid these dudes are the bantamweight future. And Je- uh, Javi Bashar, I-, I was looking on his Twitter. I think, I don't know if it's released yet, but I think he has fight news coming out soon, which is sick. And I mean, these guys are the epitome of well-rounded fighters. And also they have the perfect combination of cockiness, but also being respectful of your opponent. And I just feel like when they fight guys, they just level up their opponents because if you just go back and watch the J- Javid Bashar versus Trevin Jones fight, it was kind of clear that Javid Bashar was piecing up Trevin Jones, but mm-hmm. like Javid was kind of like urging him on. He's like, bro, let's just do this. Let's throw down. And it kind of just made just for an amazing fight. And it's just, even though it d- a lot of the fights do seem kind of well-rounded just because of how good they are, I feel like you just always are going to get the best. They get the best out of their opponents and yeah. it just makes for a great show. And also they're just really nice people. I feel, <laughs> I feel like, but the snow leopard and his brother, Javid and Farid, I mean, I was super pumped. I think they, yeah, we, they're from 2022, and then Farid made his uh, debut earlier this year. Against a tough, was Damon Blackshear, bro. But J- Javid Bashrod is going to be touching UFC gold, and that's a fact on God. And then the last but not least, I think, is About without a doubt the beginning of where this all started. Of <laughs> looking harder at, like, international fighters and giving them more recognition that they might not be receiving mm-hmm. in mainstream media. But now it is. I know. The Georgian fighters, yeah. baby. <laughs> I knew you the Georgian that. fighters are the start of, the, like, why I even, like... I mean, they kind of are the reason I got super interested. You, like, took in the, off a little bit, too, there. Yeah, ex- exactly. We got Giga Chikaze, man. We got, uh... Um, Rob Dwalishvili and obviously Ilya Taporia and then like Roman Delidze and uh, ju- uh, the one girl, Jujua or whatever. Um, but Ilya, I mean, we've got to basically see the rise of uh, Rob Dwalishvili right before our eyes. Like, because I think he was in the UFC, he lost a couple, comes back, he beats Gustavo Lopez, uh-huh. and then he comes in there, beats like uh, John Dodson, and then he gets that big opera he got a f- couple big fights but like the the uh, the improvements he's made i feel like are just crazy like he wasn't necessarily a dude that I, I just thought of him as being really exciting but now he looks absolutely unstoppable and then obviously we have our boy Ilya Taporia, who in my opinion is the only threat to the throne in terms of guys beating Alexander Volkanovsky. No one really seems to believe that and it really chuffs my hide when everybody just writes off Ilya Taporia because they're like, they think that Alexander Volkanovsky is like an unstoppable force. And you can think that rightfully so, but like when it comes to a guy that just poses insane issues, like people think that like Josh Emmett styles make fights, like that Josh Emmett kind of would be a tough matchup for um, Alexander Volkanovsky. Imagine a dude like Josh Emmett, but actually like Ilya Tapori doesn't get touched like Josh Emmett does. And he also has an insane ground game. So like Volkanovsky can't just lay on, he just can't rely on taking Ilya down whenever he wants to, because Ilya's an insane wrestler and he'll transition and he'll like, he'll be offensive in his own right in terms of like trying to find submissions. So like, I just feel like people need to be more open-minded, especially after seeing Drikas Duplessis mm. beat freaking Robert Whitaker, who didn't even think that that was physically possible. 
I really do think that Ilya Tepor can shock the world if he does get his opportunity, but I do think that Alexander's going to wait for uh, that shot against Charles or Islam because he wants that super bad. But, dude, whoever's listening to this, please believe me. Alexander Volkanovsky will have his toughest fight ever against Ilya Tepor. Ilya doesn't get touched. His, he has pro boxing skills. And Alexander can't just... Res- just um, fall back on grappling and trying to hold Ilya down because that's not that's not how that's gonna work, bro. Ilya's an absolute tank. They call him the Matador for a reason, okay? <laughs> um. So yeah, the Georgian Matador. fighters, Javid Bashra, the Brazilians, and our Argentinians. But next to close this sucker out, all right? Okay. I'll ask you: Do you have any crazy moments that really stand out to you? That like. <laughs> from like doing these like any fights that we watched or anything because i have moments from 2020 2021 2022 and obviously this year that i'm trying have to stood out think. to me that have just been kind of highlights of our like well, podcast honestly i feel like i don't know like any of the connor fights it sounds stupid but like those are always like so interesting because there's so much hype behind them it is true but then also i remember that one fight vividly where the guy it was like he i think he had just taken the fight and he wasn't very big and i think he was fighting sugar sean and he was like and he like literally (laughs) like did yes. not like that was like crazy yeah when he didn't they didn't he didn't fall to the ground no once. he didn't get knocked down one and time. it was like his first time ever right like Bro, being in good the ass call my guy because that's that's uh we follow him on social media yeah. because that's like elijah's favorite fighter i like remember <laughs> that and i was like like that i was like that is insane yeah i mean had just never in being the in the adrenaline. i mean the the chin that that dude has exactly. on him is ridiculous how, like how is he doing now like i'm genuinely curious like is he still good or like i remember he fought guido canetti and then yeah. i think the ufc cut him i remember you saying that and i'm like what let's check it out okay chris mutinho tapology i hope he's doing good shit i know Okay. All right. Sick. So he lost to Sean O'Malley. Lost to Guido Canetti. He did a couple grappling matches that he lost. Who gives a shit? They're both decisions that can mean anything. But he's in uh, combat zone, and he win. He won back in March via bulldog choke. Oh, okay. And he had a fight canceled, and now he has a fight against Mateus Silva uh, for CES 74 coming up in July, the end of July. Oh. So he's got a fight coming up. So but who knows? It's in, but it's in what? Hmm? It's not through the UFC, though? No, it's a different promotion. But he's only 30. You never know. You can make a comeback. He's 30? I mm-hmm. thought he was like... He looks young, huh? Young. He looks super young. But yeah, Chris Moutinho, bro. Get some dubs. Get back in the UFC. You've got a tough chin. You've got, you've got a fun fight style. I know. Never I give like, up on himself. Never gives up on himself, bro. Wasn't that so sick? That was absolute wildness. Because there was a time when like he kind of cracked him a little bit. Yeah. Like he did hit him like one yeah. or two times, and, and we're we like, were like, "No fuck? way!" Like, yeah. what? Yeah, that was why. That would have been probably one of the upsets of like the year. I mean, of like all time, honestly. Yeah. Okay, what's another one? Can you think of any? What other things? Um, I feel like there's a lot. There's just too many. There was one that I felt like was kind of crazy between Ty 
Tuivasa too. That was kind of wild. Yes, when he fought Derek Lewis. Yeah, yeah, when he fought yeah. Derek Lewis, that was crazy because Derek cracked him. I yeah, think. Yeah, that one and was then, crazy. And then he ended up knocking out Derek. That was wild. I know because sure. I've never seen that man get knocked out. Like yeah. I feel like that. That was kind of like. Uh, Dude, yeah, we want Tai Tuivasa to come back, bro. He's had to, he's had some tough matchups. Because when you get to the top of the like heavy, I mean the heavyweight division, all it takes is one. Yeah. Obviously, so especially fighting Sergey Pavlovich after coming back, I forget he lost, and then he came back. I feel like relatively soon, and it's like you don't want to do that the heavyweight. You want to take no. time off, especially when time's on your side in heavyweight. Because you don't have to be the youngest guy in the world yeah you can be like in your 40s and be fine and you don't have to be in like great shape like you just, <laughs> no, you just literally go and fight <laughs> yeah any anything else i don't know i'm trying to think do you have one that's like at the top of your I, mind I, that sticks out i have like one i have like one or two from like 2020 2021 2022 and 2023 okay i want to hear him okay my one from 2020 i mean we're not really uh branching out too far but the fight between Dan Hooker and Dustin Poirier was probably one of the craziest fights I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, a, like it was just it kind of just had that vibe because everything's in the apex, obviously, because of COVID. And it was just a wild fight because I didn't really expect Dan Hooker to. I mean, this is when Dan Hooker was because he, I think he was coming off the Paul Felder fight, and we're like, shit, dude, Dan Hooker's a freaking beast mode, and he called out Dustin Poirier, and then they end up putting the fight together, but. Dan Hooker was putting it on a world-class level Dustin Poirier, who I didn't even think that was physically possible. But then Dustin Poirier just shows, I mean, the gas take on that guy and the chin on him is insane because as that fight progressed, even though he did get tagged a ton early on in that fight, he started to take over during in the latter rounds. And it was just crazy because you knew that fight. There was just like no doubt in your mind that that fight was going to be an absolute brawl slugfest. That, that, those are just the kind of the best kind of fights to watch. There's ones you have no doubt in your mind that these guys are going to meet in the middle and start throwing down. And Dustin Poirier's boxing is obviously some of the best in the entire UFC. But I don't, you probably didn't see that fight. No, but I don't it was that. it was just berserk madness. And that kind of, that one just kind of stands out. All of, all of 2020, they did, there were some good fights and there were some good pop prospects that came out. But I think in terms of everything... That was probably the one thing that stood out most to me was and but uh, uh burgos and emmett i think was in 2022 and that one was um really wild but hooker because we after after that one i think is especially like ingrained in my ma mind because dan hooker was never really the same after that fight because yeah. he took so much damage I in the felder fight that. yeah and he took so much damage in the poirier fight that it just zapped him i think because he had a lot of losses after that didn't he yeah because like he like lost streak. to chandler yeah. and then he lost to uh obviously makachev but then he got knocked out by arnold mm -hmm. allen which was bad i remember him getting knocked out yeah. and then he uh i feel like I watched he came back one. against claudio and did good and now he now beat jalen turner better. who was a world beater to me i mean the head kick that he took his chins back bro like it's crazy Dang. okay from 2021 we're going to go Georgian fighter on here. I made a video right after this. Says, is Marab Dualsh really the most exciting bantamweight? And he most definitely is. Like, <laughs> I don't agree with any of the notions that like he's boring and he just tries to grab your legs the whole time. If you're trying to, if you're attempting 40 takedowns, no matter how many get stuffed it's in a 15 minute period or something or a 25 savage. minute, like that's savagery. Yeah. But when he fought Marlon Marais, I was like, all right, this is Marab's time because this is Marlon Marais where this is like, dude, that's backed up against the fence. Like a, 
like on the verge of getting cut from the UFC, like Marlon cracks Marab. Okay, Marlon cracks <laughs> Marab, and I'm like, oh no! And then Mar, and then somehow Marab recovers, and then I think that he lands his own shots, and then doesn't he end up doing some ground to pound, or he wins via knockout against Marlon Marais? But it was the most wild round of all time, round of the year in 2021, without a doubt. But that's when I knew Marab's got that absolute D A W G in him. <laughs> and he freaking came back and i was like all right and then he's never been the same since that like he's looked like a world beater like no one's really come close to beating him after that which is crazy so that was like marab's like coming out party in a way um that's one from 2021 then the next one from 2021 that stands out to me was when we got to see uh charles jordan like blossom in front of our eyes against andre yule like when he had that war cry bro when he was just absolutely piecing up andre yule and the end of their fight and then he was like yelling at him like oh, and then throwing head oh. kicks and just constant combination spinning like body kick it was crazy but i was like holy shit dude charles jordan's built different and that's when i was like oh my god like we have a star on our hands here and so like those are the two moments from 2021 that stick out to me and then 2022 um obviously Pereira beating israel adesanya like i don't think bianca or my mom has ever seen me like go as crazy oh, as i did that when that happened that was crazy. Like, because I was not expecting that at all. Like, I was just expecting. I mean, yeah, that was insane. Especially when Izzy, like, cracked yeah. Pereira at the beginning. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is going how every other fucking like, Izzy fight over, goes. Yeah. And then I was like, if if Pereira just starts opening up, he's pushing the pace. He's pushing, pressing him up against the octagon. But the difference between him and, like, other guys like Jared Cannonier that did that, Pereira was actually has like the reach to touch him and i was like bro if yeah. you just like start throwing punches like you might start connecting and then that, and that's what he did and i was like holy shit that was and then insane. he got him he got him man crazy that was awesome and then israel got his revenge and now we want drinkers to plus you to knock his head off okay oh, now uh then the next one was uh 2022 was when Iliad saporia fought jai herbert all right I was like, Iliad Saporia, because he was coming, this was his first fight at lightweight, and I was like, Jai Herbert, hmm, sneaky-ass fight, like, I'll, like I'm, I think, I'm thinking that Iliad's taking this fight, like, oh my god, I'm gonna put a statement, like, make a statement, like, fucking just run through this guy, yeah. and I, like, even though it is a good stylistic matchup, like, I think Iliad, even though he is smaller, he was more physically stronger than uh, Jai Herbert, but... Jai, I'm telling you, he's got sneaky boxing and he threw that head kick out of fucking nowhere and it almost diverted the whole course of Ilya's fight. But luckily, Ilya probably has not taken a ton of damage and hasn't, he like, that's like the most he said he's ever been rocked in a fight. Wow. Like he was just in a wild exchange and then he just kind of, um, Jai just threw that weird little Leon Edwards-esque head kick out of nowhere. But he lost, ended up losing that round and then I told my dad, man, I'm like, dude, this guy's gonna come back and he's gonna fucking throw an overhand right he's gonna knock jai herbert's ass out and that's what he did he, he goes in there throws his signature like body shot the overhand right and puts jai herbert out cold and that's when i think that everybody should be on notice is like even if you hurt Elliot poria bro like dude's not gonna get scared he's not gonna be hesitant he's gonna keep bowling forward and he's gonna land his big shot and i think that is the fight that people need to not forget about like when we're seeing like all these fight like high level fights with uh, Josh Emmett and stuff. Josh Emmett's got a chin, bro. It's hard to get him out of there. But when you get other guys, like if you touch him right, if Ilya touches you right, he's got knockout power. Like you can't just like write him off like, oh, he's just going to pepper you throughout the fight, blah, blah, blah. Like Ilya can put your lights out. Like make no mistake about it. So Volk for Ilya, man. I cannot wait for that day. That is probably the fight I'm most, like my most anticipated fight of all time, I think. Yeah. 
Wow. Okay. So those are my two from 2022 that stand out to me. And in 2023, I was looking through them. Obviously, recency bias. There's been so many good fights. But I think that, honestly, even though not even on Tapology is this the best one, but International Fight Week, man. That's got to be one of the craziest fight cards of all time, okay? We got Esteban Rivovic versus Kamil Kirk leading that off. We didn't, No one really even knew, I'm pretty sure, who Esteban Rivovic was. He absolutely balls out, all right? And then we get, uh, what is it? It's number six on here. And then we get the craziest, the best title fight of all time in Alexander Pon- Alejandro Pantoja versus Brandon Moreno 3. I mean, that was just constant, nonstop sick. action, baby. And then we get Dreykus Duplessis finishing Robert Whitaker. I'm pretty sure this fight had like the most, like some of the most first round. Was it like some of the most? Like It was like, the f- set the record for like, finishes in the first round or something and then we had bo nickel taking out val woodburn but on top of that we had dan hooker taking one of the biggest head kicks of all time from jalen turner taking it on the I'm chin i didn't see that losing fight. and then dan hooker comes back like an absolute dog and yeah, wins that crazy. fight dude i mean when you look at it i mean if, if the main event was better like it's tough you can't knock alexander volkanovsky but i mean the dude is so dominant like but this could have been like pound for pound one of the best fight cards ever. I'm telling you, if Yair, if if, the, if Ili was fighting instead of Yair, yeah. bro. But Yair uh, did really well. Like I thought that he got off some good offense. He touched Alexander Volkanovski, super tough. But he just, it's too easy to get Yair to the ground. I feel like you know. And so, but that this was probably like the highlight because Denise Gomes putting out Yasmin Haurigi, out cold, dude. Um, who else fought on Tatsu Taida almost got caught at the end by Edgar Chires with a submission. Robbie Lawler puts out Nico Price to go out right off into the sunset retirement. Beautiful moment. <laughs> Bo Nickel just proves to the world that this dude can beat any fucking buddy on planet Earth. Like amazing fight card. So that's 2023. But those are like my favorite moments that I think of doing this podcast that really stand out to me, dude. Yeah wild shit we've seen so many good fighters come out we have and you've called so much which is so and cool. also called a lot of wrong things too yeah but like <laughs> you've called a lot of like things that people i feel like don't they never saw coming yeah well i try to like go away from like what mainstreams like i'm trying i'm not yeah. trying to talk about like a lot of the mainstream guys all the totally. time because there's so many good fighters that deserve so much recognition that don't get any so that's what our job our job is to beat everybody to the punch yeah. in terms of give like uh hopping on bandwagons early yeah we don't want to be but hopping on really, the bandwagon we really want to start the bandwagon exactly and you're really good at that yes and i feel like that's something that has shown through the pod mm-hmm. but charles jordan's gonna be fighting ricardo hamos which is similar to luis saldana like it's gonna be a good fight there's tons of good fights but we got to get out of here because we got to get food dude all right <laughs> um Thank you for anybody that's been watching for an extended period this. of time, man. Thanks for watching our 200th episode. UFSA. Thank you, guys. Let's go. What an watching. exciting time to be alive. All right. Smile. Wish me luck at the Barbie movie, dude. Because, uh... Is Oppenheimer one of them? What's up? No, it's... I thought about that, but it wasn't that I'm playing at the <laughs> Okay, okay. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much. Happy 200th episode. Yes, sir.